What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the next episode and get low. I'm A.A. Ron. <clears throat> oh, shit. You can do a little Joke. bit better than that. <laughs> yeah, not as good as you, Poppy. Ladies and gentlemen, it feels good to be home. Ah, I'm back. Hot damn, baby. How you been? I've, I've been... I've been doing doing not as good as you know you with your tonsils as me i've I've been in pain what are you talking about i'm not gonna lie it sounds like you reopened the wounds in your throat just now when you did that i mean maybe i did maybe did it hurt a little bit uh it it hurt my penis was it worth it uh uh, yeah it always is always is uh um you missed some stuff i did I did. I missed uh, some pretty amazing guests, I hear. Uh, and uh, I also, for all you listeners out there, I, I, I got the lovely opportunity to edit those episodes. Aaron, I got to talk to you about a couple things, man. Uh, oh, so you actually listened to the episodes? I listened to the whole thing, brother. <laughs> uh, uh, so so I, I, my first question for you being back is how hard was it to do my my part how hard was it to do the introduction how you know, introducing the guests and such were you, were you nervous nah i knew i could do better than you oh I, if anything oh. I was nervous about one upping you oh i see no nah, i'm I just see. kidding no nah, the first episode was definitely a little difficult but after that it just you know you and i have our, our own chemistry and our own way of doing things Tony and I kind of developed that after the first episode. Not that the first episode that we did together was bad. It was just me learning how to be the the loud, obnoxious redhead, you know? I mean, that's, that that I can agree with. That I can agree with. <laughs> uh, and, and that just goes to show you, like, it, we we uh, <clears throat> we have a pretty great, you know, chemistry. We have a pretty great flow when we when we talk. And, and, and also, uh, I want to say, as... Uh, as you brought up a certain individual, a massive, massive shout out to Tony for filling in for me while I was out. Um, uh, that, I mean, truly, truly an amazing individual, uh, a loving individual and someone who did not have to do that, but stepped up to the plate, killed it. Y'all had, a, I mean, y'all had, y'all did great. I, I, I appreciate the fact that y'all were able to lock it down and, and be able to, not only just talk, but like have some balling guests on and have some great conversation going. I mean, just to both of you, I tip my hat that y'all did a phenomenal job. And, and I, I missed the absolute fuck out of everybody uh, here in the show. All you listeners, you know, my main boo, Aaron, I missed the fuck out of the show while I was gone because Wednesday nights when we record, I'm sitting here healing like I, I can't do anything. There's nothing to do. Like, and I'm just here, <laughs> like, uh, nothing, just kind of twiddling my fingers, like, all right, I find something to do, I guess. I can't really talk. So thank you. So that must have made listening and editing to the editing the show, like, kind of hard for you, like, a little bit like, uh, man, that was funny. I wish I would have been on that joke. You know, you know, when you put it like that, no, y'all, y'all's jokes are terrible. Um, but <laughs> eat dick. <laughs> no it was it, it, it i mean it wasn't it wasn't hard to listen to the episodes it was more so just like 
damn, I really wanted to be on that. Like, mm-hmm. <sighs> like it, I don't know. It was just, it was one of those things where, I mean, I'm healed now. As y'all can hear, like I, I do sound a little crummy, but that's just because I'm on the back, you know, the back end of this thing, uh, and with a healing process and, one of the fun facts of getting your tonsils and adenoids removed is you become a mucus factory for about three to four weeks. So uh, I've basically been snotting like crazy the entire time. Um, but uh, no, I mean, it, it, you know, it was it was it was nice to hear that the show you know went on without a hitch, and and uh, you two definitely carried it on. So uh, I thank you both and love love you both dearly for being able to do that. So uh, I, I think all you listeners out there. Should clap your hands for for uh, Aaron and Tony for locking it down. Whatever you're typing, it is loud. <laughs> I know, that was, no, I was clapping with my keyboard. Oh, <laughs> that makes it, sense. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, no, I, I got to tell you. So it's, uh, some funny stuff about the surgery since I'm finally back. Um, the surgery went amazing. Uh, clearly. Um, I have been getting some of the best sleep of my life uh, now that my massive golf ball size tonsils are removed. And uh, I mean, everything went great. Um, the only side effect to everything was uh, when I went under, uh, the surgeon told me later on that in the middle of the surgery, I just stopped breathing. So don't know what to do with that information. They just said, I went, <sighs> And that was it. Like, and they just had to like kind of get me to breathe. I was like, I don't know what you did, but I feel great. So thanks. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine like that? That's got to be stressful as fuck. Just like on the the surgeon or whatever. It's just like, oh, you know, da, 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 just doing a normal uh, tonsil removal surgery. I've done like eighty <laughs> of these in the last week. Oh, shit. Well, this motherfucker stopped breathing. Uh, Well. Now you can you know, see. No, like what do you what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, we have our cameras on now. Uh I I felt left out. Uh, I wasn't going to do it because my internet's trash, but hey, here I am. So. Uh but gorgeous. no. Go ahead. I just said gorgeous. Oh, well, you quit looking at your camera. Uh you know, I just I I'm mesmerized by what I'm seeing. Um but no, I, I, honestly, I think uh I I I don't know what the surgeon was thinking at that moment. Cause you're exactly right. Like the surgeon I had was, uh, I mean, he, he had done so many of these. He, he, like the, when I first met him in the pre-op, um, well, I met him before, but when I, when I met up with him in pre-op, uh, to discuss it, I was like, how long is the surgery? He was like eight minutes. I was like eight minutes. What? Is that really all it is? Yeah. Yeah. It, apparently, apparently the surgery itself, like, Getting them out takes like eight minutes. The preparation and the cleanup is what takes the longest. But I don't need to be there for that. I don't need to be present. So basically, like in short form, what happened was I got there that morning. Uh, they gave me the smallest gown possible to wear. Uh, there's a picture of that floating <laughs> around somewhere. Um, oh, is your ass just hanging out the back of it? Yeah. Oh, well, thankfully, I was wearing drawers because uh, if I wasn't, <laughs> they were getting a full view of what was going on down south. Um, it is no shave November after all. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but I lost, uh, I, I, like I the, lost both of them. Damn. Damn. Let's I'm see. sorry. Is there actually a man on this planet that actually does no nut and no shave November? 
uh, well, I mean, it depends on the shave, I suppose. Uh, and, it doesn't depend on the nut. Uh, well, I would say I lost day one. Um, so, sorry, guys. Me. <laughs> he lost to me. I did. Um, but uh, no, the the, uh, the anesthesiologist came in after I got all, you know, settled in and got the IV in my hand and everything. And he was like, yeah, so we're going to come in here in a second. He Well, first he's like, have you ever had anesthesia? I said, nope. He goes, all right, well, what we're going to do first is uh, come in here and uh, the nurse is going to come in and give you uh, a, a dose of something uh, to help, you know, just kind of take the edge off. A dose like, of something. I don't really know what the fuck it does, but we're going to give you yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, okay. And uh, he was like, and then once you get in there, you know, we're going to, we're going to, uh, dose you and uh, you're going to go to sleep and then you're going to wake up and you're going to feel great. And I was like, I don't, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. but uh, sure enough, uh, I mean, the nurse came in and uh, I remember she had uh, a vial, like a little syringe of something. And I was like, what's that? And she goes, we call it happy juice. And I went, why is it called happy juice? And she goes, you'll see. Um, oh, hooks it up to my hand, and it it truly this is the best way I I can describe this. It felt like the inside of my body was trying to hug the outside of my body. It was like a warm embrace, like I put on a giant snuggie. That's kind of what it felt like when I got my wisdom teeth taken out. Yeah, it, I th I honestly want to say it was probably like a massive shot of like morphine or something, or something mm -hmm. whatever it was to take the edge off, but. Uh, all I know is it was so strong that I remember her going, okay, are you ready to go? And I said, let's do it. You know, cause I went from, oh God, I'm getting surgery to, yeah, let's go. And <laughs> she unlocked my bed and wheeled me to the surgery room. And it was just like a movie. It was like big metal doors, doors come open, big metal room, giant light hanging from the ceiling, bed in the middle of the room, people all doctored up, masks on the whole nine yards all around the room. And I'm like, oh shit. All right. And uh, they were like, can you do your legs work? And I went, yeah, just fine. Why? And they were like, all right, hop in the bed. I said, okay. <laughs> I jumped in the bed and I shit you not, Aaron. It was leg, leg, but leg, leg, lay back. And as soon as my head hit the pillow, I was out. That's actually kind of terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the, I literally. The fact that someone could have that much control over your body. Yep. And I mean, it was like, it, it was truly just like, like gone. And they didn't make you count that back from a hundred or anything like that. I don't remember if they did. Yeah, I remember uh, when I got my wisdom teeth taken out, they made me count back from a hundred and I got to 96. I was hella proud of myself. I was like, I'm going to get past 98. But it was like, all right, I got this. 100, 99, 98, 97, like I had to force that last number out because I wanted to be able to say I got to 96. That, that I don't even remember that if I'm being honest with you. Like I, whatever they gave, I guess they gave me like bear tranquilizer or some shit because they were like, yo, this dude's massive. We're going to need to like really heavy dose him. Yeah, yeah we're going to have to give the bear tranquilizer instead of the puppy tranquilizer. Yeah. <laughs> this, dude, this dude's a hunk. <laughs> but I legit, I remember wheeling in there. I remember getting in that bed. As soon as my head hit the pillow, out. And that Thanks was all she wrote.
Yeah. I'm going to need to get me some of that. And when I woke up, I, th- so this is how it went. When I, when I remember when my head hit the pillow, I went, it, everything went black. <clears throat> and then I have like foggy, like vroom, vroom, kind of like memories. And there's really only two that I can distinctly remember. The first one was the nurse. I was sitting in a chair just like I am right now. And the nurse goes, Hey, you need to wake up. You need to get dressed to go home. And I was like, like, I can't talk. So I'm like, it was like in a dream, you know, when you're in a dream and I know I also said that this was gonna be short, but here we are detailed. Um, you know, you know, when you're in a dream and in the dream, like you have to like run and it's like, like everything else is moving real time, but you're just like slowly running and you're doing everything you can to move your limbs as fast as you can. That's exactly what it felt like with me talking. I was like, (laughs) and I, so I remember that. And then I remember my wife. Well, the next one I remember is my wife saying, put your shirt on. And I was like, huh? And then black again. And when I finally came to, we were in the car on the way home. I don't remember anything else. That's apparently, weird. apparently I did phenomenally. Apparently, uh, besides me like stopping breathing for a moment, I did phenomenally. God damn it, Joe. You can't just stop breathing in the middle of a surgery. Come on, man. Hey, I got to keep them on their toes. So were you like, were you like goofy when you came to, or were you horny? Yes. Or were you like, uh, so my dick did not work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know that because I, I like, I, when we got home, uh, it was just me and my wife, my son was at the babysitter and I was just like, Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Like, I was like, I was super goofy. I was, I was loopy as hell, but I was like, Hey, and my dick was like, nah, (laughs) (laughs) Um, there was no hope for me on that. I, I truly had no hope. So, um, yeah, no, that didn't happen. Uh, but the funny thing was when I got home, um, I, I was given some really good news uh, that I'll be announcing. Oh, yeah. Here second. we go. Yeah, I was given some really good news. So <clears throat> I um, I took off. Forgive all the coughing. It's a side effect of this mucus n- nonsense. Um, but uh, <clears throat> but um, when I got home, you know, I, I was loopy as hell. And there's a picture where uh, my wife, who was you know was really excited about the news we had just gotten, took a picture of me. Two pictures. One was me smiling, and one was me smiling. Air quotes. <laughs> and uh, it was basically like, "Hey, surgery went well, and we just got some great news." Um, and and so the first picture. I know the viewers can't see it, but the first picture was literally me just like, like you could tell <laughs> I was high as gas. The second picture was just like me cross-eyed like here. And that's when you knew I was like, oh, like I was high as the sky. And the rest of the day, I mean, honestly, the come down off of anesthesia. Wow. Like it was like floating on a cloud the whole day. I was just like, I'm okay with this. I'm here. We're just floating, baby. Like, like a break from the world. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it was. And honestly, it's like, like a forced restart. 
It it really was. It really was. It was it was as if you held volume down and power on your cell phone and just force reset yeah. that thing. Like that's exactly what it was. Joe um, Joe just alt F Ford his entire like body for a while. Yes. Um, but uh no, like the the rest of the day was fantastic. Uh the healing process sucked only a little bit. Um, the doctor, the surgeon told me that days three, five, and seven were the worst. Uh, day three wasn't terrible. Days five and seven kicked my ass. Why um, not six? I don't know. I really don't know. It was weird. But all I know is day three, I was I woke up and I was like, all right, I'm prepared. Got it marked on the calendar. You know, I'm going to. I got ice cream ready. I got ice pops ready. I got yogurt ready. Like I'm going to be, I'm, I got co- like warm tea and coffee ready. Like I'm, I'm ready to tackle this thing. You probably need some lube to suck dick after you get your tonsils taken out. Right. So you probably had some of that ready. N- not really. No, it's, you know, your tonsils are gone. So there's no blocks. So, you know, no more tonsils, a whole lot more dick. Oh, uh, so it's more like a hot, it's more like a hot dog out of an empty hallway. Yeah. Got you just, it. yeah. Now you just take it to the balls. Um, now you can just like back and forth. Yeah. Just <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so I have a question. Yes. This is a music podcast, but we're going medical right now. So does it like scab over? Like if you were to cut your skin or yes. like, okay. All right. Um, so, so it was like hard and crusty. So they have uh, as well, I, kind of, uh, hang on one second. Our listeners are probably just like, man, I love hearing about Joe's throat. <clears throat> I mean, it's a, it's a magical place. Oh, is it ever? <laughs> Damn it. One day um, we're going to have fanfic out about us. One day. I hope. And we'll, 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 we will read it. If anyone we'll, sends me fan fiction, I will read it on the fucking podcast. And Joe slowly took his microphone into his hand, <laughs> grasping Aaron by his beard. Oh, anyways. Um, so as far as the healing process goes, um, some doctors will stitch it like some, they'll put dissolvable stitches in your throat. Um, that's truly if like the wound is so bad and you're just bleeding consistently, they'll, they'll get in there and do that. Some will cauterize the wound, which I heard is the worst because yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a burn wound. So like anything you swallow, you're going to feel like you're, you know, dying. <clears throat> and then for me, to my knowledge, uh, what they did was basically just padded mine, like got the blood out of there. I didn't bleed too bad. And uh, they, they got those, my adenoids out and they just scabbed over. Uh, hmm. um, now the scabs, uh, they don't get crunchy. They don't get dry and crunchy unless you stop drinking water or liquids. Um, that's one of the big things they tell you is you need to stay hydrated, like constantly have Gatorade or water or tea or coffee or whatever it is, nothing carbonated. I'm going to tell you this right now, carbonation on a, on your wound in your throat. It genuinely feels like you're putting a cigarette out on your dick. Like, so you tried it. I did. I, I actually, I actually opened one of my Zoas and tried it. And when I took a sip of it, I legit like punched the bed i was sitting on the bed and i was like god like oh my god it hurts so bad um fuck that yeah, yeah when i had my wisdom teeth taken out they gave me the the um uh, dissolvable uh stitches yeah 
Um, cause those, it's more of like a, like a cavity, like a, a, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, crater, <clears throat> crevice, crevice, crevice. Uh, yeah, there you crater? go. It's, like, it's more like a crater. Crater. That's what I'm looking for. It's yeah, more like a crater a... in your mouth, so they have to stitch it closed. Um, right. Whereas mine was just a surface. Like they chopped it and you know surface against my throat, and so that way everything's opened up. Um, but the stitches, act, oh, not the stitches, the wounds themselves, the scabs actually stay mushy. So it's like as if you have like a fresh scab, or you or you're a scab in a shower, and you get it soaking wet. It just stays mushy, and that's what they want because. One, uh, that's less painful. And mm. two, those dry scabs can crack and bleed. Fuck that. And if the bleed Jesus. gets too bad, if the bleed gets too bad, you have to be rushed to the ER to get it fixed. What, you going to bleed out in your throat? You, you'd suffocate. Yeah, you drown on your own blood. Uh-oh, we have an important message. No, I heard a noise. Continue. Oh, oh that's Edgar, oh, you know the friendly ghost of your house. What? It's like a squeak. Anyway, uh, so so Joe, that wasn't all that happened to you while you were gone. The, that is correct. Your life has arguably been more busy right after surgery than ever. Yeah, yeah, I would say, and so, a lot yes. of talking, right? Um. So so I got to tell you this. Uh. I, the, yes, even when I wasn't supposed to. So in reality, when you get your tonsils out, you're not supposed to really like talk until day eight. I was talking by day four. Um, and by talking, I mean I was like, I was like this the whole time. Like I I'm sound an asshole because I called him on the phone like the day after. <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah. He calls me and I was like, What? And he goes, Oh, I am so sorry. I'm like, not a problem, just text me. Like <laughs> And, and like I like I wasn't mad at it. I was just like, because you're not supposed to remember my like my healing process. I'm not gonna expect that out of somebody. Yeah. Well, it was one of those when I was just at work, and I don't, I don't even remember what I called you. It was something to do with the podcast. I feel like, but I was like, oh, I got a question to ask Joe. I'll just call him because that's what I always do. And then you were like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's very true. But um, so the news that um the news i got the day of my surgery was that a job i had applied for uh essentially moved me to the final round and that was awesome this so this is on the friday um the following wednesday i'm still talking like this like I need you to go to this. I need you to go to the store and give me a pack of smokes and a six of old Milwaukee. Like, hello, this is Mr. Krabs. Yeah. So I get a phone call. Hey, this is such and such with such and such. We'd like to offer you the position. And I was just like, huh? Okay. So at the same time that I'm supposed to be at home healing, I get a phone call that I got the job. Two days later, I am on a flight to Texas to go find a house. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. I am moving to Austin, Texas. When this episode comes out, it'll be four days later. <laughs> so my life has been a roller coaster throughout this entire process. 
Uh, so let me and- ask you something. <laughs> Excuse me. Go ahead. What? Having to do, because I imagine you got a job. So there was a bunch of interviews, right? That are, we, never mind. There are a bunch of interviews and probably talking to a lot of like real estate people and a lot of talk, 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 talk sign here. How does that happen when you sound like goddamn Squidward's grandmother just smoked a pack of Marlboro Reds? Like you suck it up and get through it. <laughs> what do these people think of you? They're like, is this dude being funny, or do you explain to them the thing every single conversation? <laughs> like- so, so the funny thing was, um, the house that we actually got, uh, we had to meet a realtor there. Um, she was the go-between for the landlord and I. And, uh, so we meet her and when we do, you know, I get out of the truck and, uh, she's like, Hey, how's it going? I was like, going good. <laughs> and she's just like, uh, and I, and I told her immediately, I was like, I just had surgery on my tonsils. I'm going to sound like this for a couple of days. Okay. And she, she was just like, this guy's nuts. All right, cool. And thankfully, thankfully we did get the house. We got the house on that Sunday. Uh, we signed the papers and everything, but uh, I mean, when I say just suck it up and get through it, I mean, like there were times where I was talking and I'm just like, it feels like someone's got a screwdriver just pushing into my throat. And I'm like, like, so I'm constantly like sipping on something, trying to keep my throat wet, like just that way I don't like break the scabs or anything. Cause mind you, I'm not supposed to be out of the state at this moment. You know, like I'm in Texas at this time and I'm supposed to be back home healing according to my, to, to the surgeon. So already yeah, big no, no there. Sound really bad. You made that sound really bad. <laughs> You're like, I wasn't even supposed to be out of the state. I was on fucking parole for this. <laughs> <felony>. <laughs> and they didn't fuck catch me though. It's goddamn Texas. Yeah, ain't gonna catch me down there. We'll bring on Walker, Texas Ranger. Um, but yeah, no, I you know that Sam Winchester now. Yes, Sam Winchester is walking Texas Ranger. Yes, yes, and his brother is Soldier Boy in season three of The Boys. I need to catch up on that. (laughs) I'm ready for it. Continue. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So it was really just a super painful process. I was choking down ibuprofen like it was candy. Like, uh, cause I, I, so they gave you, an, you know, when you do this, they give you a narcotic for the pain because it is a very painful, you know, process. Mm-hmm. I can't take a narcotic on the flight with me. <laughs> so I had to leave my pain medicine at home and fly to a different state. And so I, I got there and I was just like, please tell me you have ibuprofen. They're like, yeah, I'm like, great. Just give it to me. And I'm just like. I'm looking like Dr. House choking down Vicodin, except it's ibuprofen. I'm just like every five seconds, just throwing another one in. And uh, yeah, but no, I, I, I'm surprised you didn't try to talk yourself into talk the airplane people into bring your narcotic on because, you know, no offense, Joe, but you're a very good talker. I thought about it. <laughs> I thought about it. Look, here's uh, my prescription. Here's my ID. Here's my address. If I commit a <laughs> terrorist attack, like, yep. Yeah, no, I genuinely thought about just being like, look, I have this. I need this. I'm heading to Texas for a very important reason. Like, I wouldn't go unless it was necessary. That being um, said, I could see them being like, sir, if you just had major surgery, you shouldn't be flying. Yeah, no, that's exactly what went through my head, too, was they'd be like, yeah, no, you, you, you no. Why are you even hopping on this flight right now? Um, but uh, that was a, that was a very interesting turn of events. I legit, like, 
I got the job on that Wednesday, turned my two-week notice in on Thursday, booked the, thankfully found a last-minute flight and left at 5 a.m. Friday, got to Austin, Texas at 9.30 that morning and started looking for, uh, yeah, no, fuck that. Uh, and then I got to, got to Austin, Texas at 9.30 that morning, 10.30 our time, and immediately started house hunting. Hadn't slept. Like, so mind you, let's, let's, let's stack this up real quick. Just got out of surgery a week earlier. Uh, just found out I got a new job. Just uh, put in my two-week notice, my uh, old job. Just booked a flight and left at 5 a.m. Got to a different state in a different time zone at 9.30 in the morning and then started house hunting while still in pain with no pain medication except for ibuprofen. So, yeah, it's just a big old explosion of shit. And, uh, uh, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful I found it. So, with that being said, you may hear a little more of Tony over the next couple of weeks. What uh, a bro. Um, just because I, I, so I do have to move. It's a 20 hour drive. I got to get the house set up. I got to get my office set up. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be absent for a couple more weeks, but, um, I wanted to hop back in here with Aaron and, you know, uh, catch up with everybody, let everybody know where I've been, what's been going on with me, uh, and, uh, talk some music. Cause I got some fun stuff I want to talk about real quick. Too. I actually have stuff I remembered I want to talk about. And I, I was we like literally do. thinking about it days ago and I was like, okay, I got to make sure I talk about these two things. Um, but first, before we go there, um, you know, I've been getting thousands and we got to address something live on the show. Okay. Oh, hell. and like, you know, like the live YouTuber apologies when they do something really bad. That's not this, but it's kind of similar. So what did you, I tell do? you what, get low has been getting thousands of messages the last few days talking about how, you know, the world of our get low listeners, they're kind of split half and half. Okay. 50, 50. What the fuck did I miss? <laughs> well, if you listen to the whole episode, you heard it, but I guess you forgot. I'm clearly not remembering something. So you're, you're building this. This better be good. So Tony, Tony made a joke about how he was, he was in the show for good. It was your replacement. You remember that? I do. You don't remember? I yeah. do remember that. So I've gotten, I, it's very mixed because I got some people that are like, no, Pappy Joe can't go anywhere. I think about his butthole at night. And they got some people that are like, oh, guitar goddess, pretty boy. Like they're like, Aaron's got to stay for sure. But it's really, I'm so I took a Twitter, okay. I'm so happy that you're the pivotal point here that has to stick around. Go I, ahead. I did, I did a Twitter poll. Um, uh, keep Joe and uh, continue with what's old instead of progressing and growing as a show. Or um, I'm old now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> or go with Tony and talk about relevant things that people give a shit about. Um, so I'm believe old it or and not, not relevant. Okay. Believe it or not, you won. That's why you're here. I'm glad my old I, ass still has something you know, going for me, I guess. My old irrelevant ass. Look, Helen McGregor really liked Tony. That's all I got to say. I, I had to go deal with my cat, and they just sat and talked gear for, for 30 minutes. I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this about Tony, and that is there's one thing Tony has over me, and that is he has a much higher knowledge of gear than I do. I have a pretty stout knowledge, but when I heard that conversation between those two, I was like, couldn't have kept up if I tried. Like there was no way possible I could have done that. So and that's the beauty of having such a good fill-in. Like in all seriousness, I was joking about the whole Joe leaving bullshit. That's never happened. But um, know, after my older relevant ass, shut I the fuck to... up, irrelevant <laughs> motherfucker. Um, used to play bass in a Christian metal band. <clears throat> used to live in Virginia. You, you, you could, anyway, just um, lay it on, lay it on thick. Go ahead, go ahead. You're a has been. Okay. Yes. 
Wow! <laughs> wow! Okay. All right. All right. No, but Can't in all seriousness, I come back. In all seriousness, yeah, I got logged out of my Zoom account. Joe won't let me in. Hmm. Wonder, I did wonder my how own that Twitter happened. poll. Wonder how that happened. Uh, but in all seriousness, we appreciate Tony, and you know, Tony is the guy that will probably fill in for one of us if we're not here. So. Yep. You can expect to hear more gear conversations and them nerding out the future. But well, like, thanks, Tony. Like we said too, and well, like Tony said, I should say, um, Tony made mention of how like really he's been around since the initial iteration of this show because when Gitlo first started, the very first episode was me sitting down with the entire two sides of me band mm-hmm. and you know, doing the hot wing challenge and and making sure he didn't bitch out. Yeah, I'm calling you out, Tony. Uh you know, like that kind of thing. And it, just the fact that he's been around for so long and knows what the show's about, knows like just the ins and outs of music and has such a strong, stout knowledge of everything, man. I mean, like I, there's very, very few people in this world who I could see who could just jump right in like that. Yeah. And he's at the top of that list. I mean, he's. He, I mean, honestly, if Joe and I were to get get low tattoos, Tony would probably get one too. With true. how he is get low fam, hundred percent. It's true. It's very. So, true. um, Joe, can I start off with uh, one of my things I wanted to discuss? Let's go over yours, and then I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll round us out. How about that? All right, sounds good. So, um, I went into this a little bit with you, but we're just gonna start fresh, so I can give you the full scoop. All right. So I went and saw. Um, two concerts actually uh, in the last week. Um, I went and saw Ice Nine Kills uh, last Wednesday, so a week ago today. And then, again. On su- yes, again. Yeah, yeah, shut the fuck up. So um, instead of exploring new bands and giving my support to local bands up and coming, I go see two, a big band twice. Um, thanks, Don't fucker. Worry. Don't worry, we'll get there. Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, listen. So anyway. This this is serious. So I went and then I went and saw water parks on Sunday, but it was cool. There's not really anything big to talk about. It was my sister's birthday. It was fun. But Ice Nine Kills. Okay. So I went and it was the second leg, the severed leg tour. Um, and which just makes sense. So I when you know Ice Nine Kills, it definitely makes sense. The severed leg two or something like that. Um, so picture this. I'm gonna paint you a picture, Joe. We're okay. driving through North Carolina. Okay. Pretty normal when you go to concerts because a lot, most of our shows either happen in Baltimore or in North Carolina for Virginia people. Um, Norfolk is probably just as long and it's kind of just an annoying drive. So it's a boring um, ass drive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, if, so we're if, going- you, if you really want to experience what Virginia looks like on the asshole side of things, and I'm, and I don't mean mean people, I mean like we're talking brown eye. We're talking like Cleveland steamer, like, like hemorrhoids that hasn't been wiped good enough. Like, yeah, yeah, like, uh, and it smells like shit too. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's what the drive looks like to Norfolk from where we are. Are we really gonna get back into shit jokes like we did without you last week? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No. So, um, pick, I'm gonna paint you a picture. We're driving down 29, going to North Carolina, whatever. You know, we're passing Charlotte, Raleigh, all the normal looking cities that yeah. you would expect from to see a show in. So, we were going to a place called Jacksonville, North Carolina. Are you familiar at all with that area? I am. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about when I say first we were on the normal travel to go to like Raleigh area. Okay. Then we were in P- 
Podunk, Hickville, middle of fucking nowhere. So probably around Littleton, Roanoke Rapids area. Yeah. Yep. And then we were in a really rich area. Yeah. And then right after the rich area, we get to this spot where I'm like, why does this place look like it's been through 20 years of a zombie apocalypse? Yes. And then I uh, said, so my, my GPS goes, turn left and your destination will be on the left. I said, no fucking way. I put in the wrong fucking address. There's nothing here. All right. So we pull up to this and it says, your destination is on the left. I, Joe, I look to my left and I just go, you know, this makes sense. Um, Einstein kills playing in a venue that looks like this. So it's this like circular kind of roundabout building. It's black in the middle of the woods. There's nothing else there except for a parking lot full of emo kids. <laughs> yep. And um, for anyone that isn't familiar with the tour, it was Bad Omens, Currents, Fame on Fire, and Ice Nine Kills. That Which is a phenomenal, show. phenomenal oh, lineup. It was so good. Um, and so, okay. I was like, okay, this makes sense. It's fine. It's cool. I see my boys that I'm meeting up here. Everything's straight. No one's dead yet. So. Yet. <laughs> And of course, mind you, um, Virginia and um, my friend AJ is with us. AJ has never been to a metal show, and Virginia has been to Blue Ridge Rock Fest. Um, <laughs> wow, talk about trial by fire. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we get in line. You know, it was great, normal, get in the show, whatever. Okay. So we got VIP. So we were early access. So immediately I'm like, all right, well, we're just going to go up to the front, the barricade. And we ended up, you know, we were early access, but there were still a bunch of people in front of us. So we were able to get to the left side about one row back from the barricade. Well, when I tell you that was a fucking mistake, it was a fucking mistake. Joe, how many concerts have we been to? Hundreds, 150, maybe even 200 Easily. in our lifetime. Okay. Have you ever, had an experience where you were at the very front of the show and the fucking main speakers were right here on the other side of the barricade ever. Uh, it depends besides on the church show. shows besides church shows. Like an actual club. This was a nightclub. This was supposed to be <sighs> a nice venue like canal. The only place I can think of like that was uh, I went to go see, um, shit, who was on the show? It was uh, my boys in the worshiper down in North Carolina. Shout out to Wesley, my homie. Um, They opened for uh, Gideon, Wage War, and... Wasn't it Phineas that was on that tour? No. Uh, for today, it was for today's uh, oh, second okay. uh, second leg of their farewell tour, um, and the venue it was I want to say it was called either Arizona Pete's or Blind Tiger or some shit like that. Blind Tiger, yeah, that's um, what you're talking about. It was it was either one of those, but I know that the venue itself, when you walk in, it's a very long venue. Like it's not wide. It's it's not like the National in Richmond or. Uh, um, or like the 930 Club in DC. Or it's, phase it's two. A, it's a long, long, yeah, exactly. It's a long venue. So mm -hmm. it's it's very narrow. And the stage wasn't really that big. It was deep. And the mains, they had banana racks, but they also had mains sitting on 
the corners of the stage. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's really the only time I've ever seen something like that. But at the same time, the barricade, the way the barricade was shaped was they made sure that you like people weren't stuck right in front of that unless they wanted to be. (laughs) So, So no, that's where I'm getting to with this. So, yes, they were. It was a banana stack. Okay, but it wasn't bolted to like the sides of the ceiling. And the other, this is the other thing I need to say. The ceiling, when let's, I'm going to use this as an example. When Spencer Charnas got up on his little like stool thing they put in the front of the stage to like stand up on so the whole crowd can see you, whatever, he had to be careful because his head kept hitting the ceiling. Oh. Yeah. So you can imagine how crowd surfing went. Um, I'm sure that was a nightmare. So soon the fame on fire hits the first note. Virginia looks at me. I look at Chad. Chad looks at Virginia and we're just like, this is going to suck. I swear to you, I, out of the hundreds of shows that I've been to, that was the most miserable sounding show. And not because it sounded bad, not because the quality wasn't there. But, but because, because you were right in front of the speakers. Right here. And it was just like every time there'd be any type of high note or you know how they put like sound effects in like the high pitch shit. Yeah. It, your ear almost curved the sound. It was so loud. Yeah, it starts getting that like like your ear is naturally making the sound like yes. reverby and shit. Like when Hip to Be Scared came on, it sounded out of tune, but it wasn't. That's how bad it was. And for 4 <sighs> days, my ears were ringing and I was down 50% of my hearing. I was terrified. The only time I've ever been stuck like that, I kind of put myself in this position. It was Blue Ridge Rock Fest a few years ago back when it was actually good and uh <clears throat> i saw um lamb of god headline the first night and i had backstage passes and so we went around behind the stage came up on the opposite side where no one was and went between the barricade and the stage where the banana rack i literally looked up and i could touch it it was right above me and then there were speakers right underneath it so my head is like this close to the speaker but i'm standing five feet from my uh, from mark morton so i'm like I'm not moving. This, this these seats are perfect. Like yeah, but even still, like I went and saw All Time Low in Baltimore, and the and the banana rack was right above us. Like it was above our heads. Yeah, so the sounds and projecting out fine. over you. It sounded fine, but when it's fucking face level with you, like Virginia and AJ had to go to the very back of the venue because they couldn't take it. Baby ears, you know, like never yeah. been to a show, and. Me and Chad just had to fucking like, cause I left, I went back with Virginia and then I realized I'm not gonna be able to see shit. It's not going to sound good. Like, so I fought my way back up and I tore the little plastic wrapper off my Arnold Palmer bottle and ripped it in two and put it in my ears <laughs> as earplugs. Yikes. And, and that worked, but damn, I'm telling you, like I, I went to see water parks at the canal club like a few days ago. And I was like, this is how it's supposed to sound. Yeah. Being right up front. The mains are like up there. Yeah. Like they're close to you, but they don't fucking make your ears bleed. Yeah. No, I get that. So <clears throat> all in all, it was a great show. Um, bad omens surprised the fuck out of me because they were really good. Like really oh, good. Oh, bad omens. I love bad omens. I want to see them live so bad. Multiple times they've been through Virginia and I've never gotten a chance to go see them. And I want yeah. to so bad. I have friends who see them all the time and they'll send me snaps like, look where I'm at. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Like, yeah, and like I'm straight as fuck, <clears throat> but that lead singer had some energy. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, dude. yeah. Um, anyway, the other thing I wanted to touch on, and this is more of a serious topic, but I just, I, 
it's not to talk about the incident it's to talk about like the general thing of this why do i have can i guess yeah astro world no oh but that we should talk about that too shit is that what you wanted to talk about no Okay, I'm surprised neither one of us was like that's the first thing we need to talk about. I mean, was uh, so let's let. I mean, at this point, everybody knows what's going on or what's happened. Uh, Yeah, I'll give my five second opinion on it real quick. Um, Very simple. Ten people have officially died from it. Uh, Travis Scott is not the only person to be held blamed for this. Drake is not the only person to be held blamed for this. It's Travis Scott, Drake, and every single person who attended that show who didn't help people up. Every single person, I I fully believe Travis Scott and Drake should 100% pay for any medical or death bills coming from this for those families. And I think every single individual at those shows to be at that show should be blacklisted from going to any other show because they are just as much uh, uh, accessories to attempted murder uh, or rather to uh, to a total homicide uh yeah. then then uh just uh travis scott and drake so that's my let's, that's my well, let's unpack that just a little bit because there is part of that that i wanted to get your opinion on okay first of all did you see the videos of everyone storming the fucking gates and like yes. the cops on the horses and shit like okay yep first of all that was a, with it okay cool so you know exactly what i'm gonna be talking about all right so first thing that i want to bring up did you happen to look up what that venue was rated for how many people I think it's like uh, 15 or 20,000 people. 36,000 people. Do you know how okay. many attended? 50. 50,000 people. Yeah. Joe, 20,000 fucking people makes a very big fucking difference. I mean, look at what happened day one of Blue Ridge Rock Festival. Yeah, no, and that's what I was thinking about too. I'm like, imagine Blue Ridge Rock Fest, but like four times the amount of people. Yeah. The, yeah. No wonder people were fucking crushed and having heart attacks standing upright. Like... Yep. And, and okay, and I know you said Travis Scott's not the only one to blame. I noticed how you didn't say he isn't to blame. A lot of people want to say that he's not to blame, and I'm gonna give my fucking opinion on that. And all everything you just talked about. I mean, okay, by all means, go ahead. Travis Scott is just as to fucking blame as the people who orchestrated the event, the people that didn't help people get back up off the ground if they fell, the people that tried to keep the ambulance from getting into the crowd. The people that were twerking on the fucking golf cart. He is just as much to blame as all those people. And they're all to blame equally, in my opinion. Yep. Do I think Travis Scott was the one Satan? Satan being like the one guy that was the worst of it all? No, I think he's pretty much on par. I think everyone has the fair share of the blame. Like, Absolutely. I, I don't know about Drake. I didn't even know Drake was there until you just said something. Um, so he must not be getting a lot of the hate that Travis is getting. But He's um, not because it's Drake. Because he's Drake, yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw the videos. I saw Travis Scott see fucking dead bodies being crowd served at the front. I saw that shit. And you know what? I don't give a fuck what anyone says. He he doesn't get any excuses in my book. That apology he issued, fucking bullshit. And his manager woke him up in the middle of the night and said, look, for legal sakes, you need to put out a video. That's all that fucking was. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um... And being us and have gone to so many rock metal and even like rap shows in our past most of the shows we've been to if someone fucking gets hurt the lead singer stops the show medical gets in does their thing people help people up 
they actually make an effort to keep individuals safe. I hadn't even fucking heard of Astroworld until the news broke. And I was like, how the fuck did this happen when I can go to a fucking 500 cap church show that has 1500 people in it somehow and still no one gets hurt? Yeah. That's I mean, my two it, cents. <clears throat> I'll say this. Um, and this this is really, I mean, this is just how it, how it is um, in the music world. As someone who's played music for a very long time, when you play a big stage like that, uh, if you see, I mean, there's a big reason why a lot of those lights are pointed out to the crowd. Uh, yes, it's for a show, but at the same time, it's also for everyone to see what the crowd looks like. You know, it's for 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 the actual visual from the stage. But when you see red and blue lights, or or red and white lights, or yellow lights in the crowd that clearly look like dome lights that don't that shouldn't be there, uh, that signals emergency, which means you need to stop the show immediately. And he didn't he he didn't stop the show he let the show keep going and uh, and ultimately people died because of that you know people a nine-year-old boy died going to see his show and all he can the do is, old, all, is offer up an instagram apology i was no. gonna say to the oldest person that died was 24 25 27. 27 okay i mean that's the oldest person that died that means there were kids that died like yeah. he said People and also, who paid their hard-earned money to go see him play a show, and all, and he couldn't do his best practice to make sure that these people don't get hurt. The to stop the show for a second and make sure that those people are okay. Like I don't care if you're playing to five people or five thousand or fifty thousand. When someone gets hurt and you see emergency vehicles, you stop that show immediately. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, like, like I've, I've seen videos from medical personnel. I've seen videos from firsthand accounts. I've seen videos and messages from, from different people who were trying to save people at that show. Giving and them CPR all, in the middle of the show. They all say the exact same thing that he did not stop the show. People were literally jumping the barricade to get on top of the camera lift that was mm -hmm. filming Travis Scott. And the guy told to like, fuck Look, off look like there's people dying down there and the camera guys were just trying to shake them off. Like get off You're what are you doing here? Like you those, everybody who was, who was part of that, who didn't help stop the show. You're just as much to blame. And I hope that that weighs heavy on your conscience at night. When you go to bed, the yeah. people died because you couldn't do the, the, the simple gesture of, Hey, stop the show. Someone's hurt. Yeah. I mean, Aaron, I don't know about you. But if I'm pinned at a show to the point where I can't breathe, end up on the floor, and I have 10, 15 people standing on top of me just to get to the stage, I'm not going to survive that. Mm -mm. Not even you, not even us who <clears throat> weigh probably double what some of these people weigh that died. Like yeah. People that are big dudes. We got broad shoulders. We can fucking handle a crowd. Not, yeah. No one can handle fucking 50,000 people pushing. And, oh, and I really, and, and truly, I really don't care. If you listen to this right now and you're one of the people who attended Astro World, and you didn't do anything to help, I hope this weighs heavy on you too. Yeah. I, because you deserve just as much uh, disgrace and just as much punishment as anybody else who attended who didn't do anything and just as much as Travis Scott and Drake and all the crew that were there that didn't do anything. All of you deserve just as much disgrace as the other and just as much punishment as the other for letting those people die. Yeah, and none of that 
not none of the pity, none of the shame, none of the guilt, none of that will ever be enough to make up for a fucking child or multiple children who died listening to something that Joe, the reason Joe and I are on the show is music. Music is to love people, to make people feel better, to hard. It's a good, positive thing. So these kids are out there fucking dancing, having a good time to their favorite artists, and they get fucking suffocated, standing up dead before they hit the ground. Yep. Sorry. There's no fucking excuses. None. Zero. I mean, come at me. It's like, seriously. If you're listening to this and you have something to say, come at me because I will fucking answer you all day. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and you know, there were some rumors, too, about like apparently someone took some drug into the crowd and was shooting people up with it or yeah, something. That, there That's was a so rumor. unclear, though. There was there was a rumor that came around saying that someone was administering Narcan um, <clears throat> basically or 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 some sort of drug, basically, because Narcan is what, pe- what uh, medical personnel use to stop an overdose. Right. Um, but essentially, like there was a drug being administered. But they were saying there was a rumor floating around that uh, the medical personnel were seeing like pricks on the skin. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, I I know plenty of medical personnel and I I don't. I would love to talk to them to know if they know what a, a needle prick looks like in the dark in a concert when they're trying yeah. to administer CPR to somebody who's dying. Like, yeah. you know, like this is this is one of the situations where that, that was a straight up rumor. Everybody who's come out and talked about the show so far has said the exact same thing and that it was it was a crowd surge. The crowd mm-hmm. surged. People got pinned. People couldn't breathe. People started dropping like flies. Yep. And again, I know I've seen the video. I don't know if you've seen the video, but all the people that are like, oh, you know, Travis Scott had earpieces in. First of all, every fucking singer nowadays has fucking in-ear monitors in, okay? Yep. And I've seen all of them stop shows when they see someone that's hurt. So in-ear monitors are not an excuse. They don't help that at all, okay? Yep. Second of all, I saw the video of Travis Scott making eye contact with the fucking corpse that people were trying to get to the front. And he's like, Hey, is someone hurt out there? Are we all good? All right, cool. And like started singing again. Like, okay, granted, he didn't know the corpse was dead, but he definitely could tell they were unconscious. He could definitely tell that they were flailing like a fucking wet noodle. You fucking stopped the show for that. Yeah. I mean, even as much hate as fucking Ronnie Radke gets for being a dick, I've seen him stop shows for less. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, you listeners can go back and. I mean, as much hell as I gave Ronnie Radke for being a dick that from everything I've seen, I can also attest to the fact that I have also seen him stop a show to make sure someone wasn't dead. So, yeah. Anyway, we don't need to harp on this. We could talk about this for hours. Yeah. Um, So we're going to go from one subject that pisses me off to one that pisses me off even more. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) So, Joe, we're here to discuss sexual assault um holy shit okay i didn't realize we were getting that deep tonight go for it it. i look i'm not okay let me i'm gonna start with this i'm not dealing with any kind of trauma i'm not dealing with any type of i need to go get counseling and all that which i'm not saying that's a bad thing in this situation i was oh i know what you're talking about okay yep Yep. in this situation i'm not emotionally scarred i'm just fucking heated (laughs) all right because we both we actually both have a story yes we do and that's why i thought it'd be good to talk about on the show and i'm sorry if we don't i'm gonna try to go through it quickly i just feel like it's a good oh no go for it i'm 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 open to talk about it i don't care so let me ask you a question if you if your evil twin was at a show 
mm-hmm. and your evil twin was drunk and or high and there's someone in front of you of let's say it's a very attractive girl with a nice looking sleeves and nice hair you know whatever someone you're attracted to okay, okay. sure yeah yeah and um you could tell that they're there for the music they're singing they're fucking putting their fists in the air they're having a good old time yeah they're high as gas and, they're just enjoying the vibes well no no they're stone they're sober you're the high one um and okay. you as a man reach over and grab the girl's titty in the middle of the show. I'd expect to get my shit rocked. I would expect more than that. You should be charged. You should potentially go to jail. Yeah. There's a lot of shit that should happen in that situation. Now, just let me just I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking the immediate effect. If someone saw that, I'd oh, expect yeah. a fist to hit my face. Yeah. Okay. So that is guy inappropriately touching a woman, which is sexual assault. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. So turn the tables. Okay. Picture me standing in the very front row, already dying because my fucking ears are bleeding <laughs> because of the fucking loud music. I have I have Chad to my right and some other friends I was with in front of that. Okay. And all of a sudden, I feel this like rub on the side of my leg. And you know, the, my first reaction as a concert goer is like accident. We're squished in here like sardines. Everything's cool. All right. So I'm join- I'm having a good time, join the show, and I get my ass grabbed. And I'm like, that would be really hard to do by accident, but I'm gonna just, I'm not, I don't wanna ruin my good time. I'm just gonna keep going, right? And then I hear this this dude's voice behind me that says, I, I wonder if, how he'll react if you and then it trailed off. I couldn't hear. Right after that, uh, the girl goes and touches my tattoo in my arm and just rubs it up and down. And, you know, I kind of like pull away. I'm like, you know, and I turn back and I try to enjoy the fucking show. Directly after that, the girl reaches around my waist in front of me and grabs my junk and then pulls away laughing with her boyfriend. Joe, I've never been so close to getting kicked out of a venue and I've been kicked out of a fucking venue before. I turned around to this woman and her fuck up of a boy toy. And I was like, what the fuck would happen if I did that shit to you? I was like, you better fucking knock it off and let me enjoy my goddamn show or that security guard's going to be kicking your ass out. And if he doesn't fucking kick your ass out, I'm going to fucking punch you in the fucking face and get jail time for it because you're pissing me the fuck off. And of course, right then, the security guard turns to me and is like, yeah, yeah, what's going on here? Why are you messing with her? <sighs> Joe, I was so mad. And at that moment, you know, I did explain what was going on. And the, and the guy, I, I told him that was like, she was touching me. And he's like, just enjoy the show and don't cause a fight. And went back to doing security guard things. Virginia was not here. And that girl should be thanking whatever the fuck God she believes in that she wasn't. Well, yeah, Virginia would have rocked her shit. So again, I'm not traumatized by this event. It's it because I don't know why, but I'm not. I'm just angry of the fucking double standard. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I agree completely. I mean, uh, honestly, like, uh, so quick tidbit. I'll try to make it as quick as possible. What happened to me? Uh, back in 2019, Aaron and I both attended uh, the Wage Wars show that we've talked about before. 
Um, oh God. Yep. And at the canal club in Richmond, Virginia. Um, and I was in the pit for Dayseeker, Polaris and, um, uh, wage war. Well, during Polaris at the end of Polaris, when I was actually headed back to meet all of you, and I know, I know I've told you this, uh, the entire time we were over there where we were standing, we were standing between the stage, like where the stage area would be to, for people standing and the bar because it's the easiest for us to get back and forth to get a drink and then get back to the pit. <clears throat> well, when I was on my way back, uh, uh, well, actually, before I even left, uh, we noticed that there was either a very drunk couple or a very high couple or potentially both who were literally fucking on the floor. Like they were standing in doggy style. Yeah. They were standing in doggy style. And, uh, I, I mean, I saw her ass. Like I, 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 I remember seeing bare cheeks and I'm pretty sure what was the, like the knuckle end of his shaft and they were just fucking going at it. And I'm like, good on trousers. Like, yeah, good on you. If, you get kicked out. It's on you. You got some stones on you because I ain't doing that shit. And then when I went in the pit, uh, you know, had fun. I was on my way back. And <clears throat> I don't know if she thought I was her man or what. But the first thing she did was grab my dick. Like I, like, I was walking and I see a hand come around. And she had backed up into me and then grabbed my dick. And I was like, whoa. And she just turned around. And she was like oh you're not him okay and then she turns back and then proceeds to back her ass up onto me and i'm like what are you what the fuck are you doing like uh-uh uh, no no one if her man sees this i'm immediately getting into a fight because that means he's gonna think i'm trying to get up on his woman number two you are sexually assaulting me like i I did not ask for this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not asking for any kind of sexual favors right now. I'm. But again, if the ter- if the tables were turned, but if I had done that to her, I would have gotten my ass whooped. I would have gotten thrown out. out. I would have probably gotten arrested. Like it, it the the double standard really really is uh, I, ever present if it ever was like and i don't want to downplay at all the fact that women have been targeted for sexual assault and that they no, it's had just, it rough it's just recognizing that men get targeted too yes especially nowadays because it's like because of that double standard i think a lot of women feel like they can just do whatever the fuck they see a nice hunk like me or joe this nice chubby boy with the beard and they're like huh like to have some of him yeah guess what we look at fucking babes all the time like oh it'd be really nice if she consented to suck my dick but it doesn't happen we don't just go and grab your tits and shove you up against the wall say bend over honey we're about to fucking give you a baby like that doesn't that doesn't fucking happen it's it's understandable and everybody everybody knows this everybody understands that everyone's horny everyone's got sexual thoughts it happens it's those who act on those sexual thoughts without the consent of the other party that the pro- that there is the problem, and again yeah. to echo what Aaron said, it's not that we're downplaying women who have been sexually assaulted by any means. It's we are recognizing that men get sexually assaulted as well, and the stigma needs to stop. The stigma of oh, you're a guy, just accept it. She's grabbing your dick. That's what you want, right? No, 
It's yeah. not what I want. It's I don't really want, not what I want. <laughs> yeah, I I literally came over here to drink a PBR and go back in the pit because that's what I'm here to do. And I'm here to broken foot at this point too. Or did you not <clears> no, that was that was probably like an uh, an hour later. Um, but it's like I'm, I'm I'm not here. Yeah, honestly, I'm not here to have sex with someone on the fucking dance floor. I'm here to have fun watching bands that I paid my heart good hard earned money to come see, and bands that get an emotional reaction out of sober people that too that like when they mean a lot to them it's like the last thing you're thinking about is getting it on with some random chick that probably has an std like that's exactly right like i like i just watched you get piped down by a dude who had barely any of his teeth i ain't trying to sit here and get that that man's probably gumming that shit for all you know he got her pregnant right behind us and we're like, not surprised and me. then it's earlier now i didn't I see a condom say, wrapper yeah no exactly um, I'm telling you, when we turned around, straight up trousers around ankles, skirt up. Like, yeah, I mean, this I mean, props dude to was... her for wearing a skirt because she knew what she was getting into, apparently. But hey, <laughs> and I'd be surprised if she was wearing any panties. Like, damn, the woman was just the woman and the man both were just uh, they showed up ready to fuck. Like, there was no question about it. But the problem but... that comes into play is when she thought she could fuck anybody in there she wanted. Right. Like, no. No, and this wasn't a good experience like Joe witnessing people getting it on in the Blue Ridge parking lot after Blue Ridge Rock Fest. No, this was a and, and here's another part to all this. Would this have happened if they were sober and had controlled how much alcohol or drugs they had consumed that day? Who knows? Does it matter? No, no. it doesn't fucking matter. I'm, so I'll tell you this, and, and, we, and I think we've brought this up before. I've genuinely seen people fucking at festivals like I've walked past, I've been sitting in my car. I've, I've, I've witnessed people actively fucking in public at these festivals. Hey, good on you. As long as it's consensual and you want to go fuck, do your thing. I'm not going to be the one to stop you. I'm going to applaud you. You just shit. Yeah. I, I hope both of you get your fucking rocks off so hard. Y'all ain't walking after Joe's uh, like, I'm going to keep counting the people pissing in the cornfield. Y'all keep doing your thing. Yeah, I'm over here sitting in my truck for an hour and a half waiting to get out of this motherfucker, and I'm watching people go take pisses and shit in the damn cornfield. I'm going to count how many of them motherfuckers go in there. I ain't worried about you. You go on and get your nuts off. and go. Y'all go have fun, kids. Make sure you wear protection. Like, I don't give a damn. But when I don't ask for that favor, and I'm not expecting that favor, and that favor is forced upon me, no. That is textbook sexual assault correct like and again i i didn't get the vibe that you were traumatized by your experience either it i was more of anger i was or more surprised the initial the initial moment i was like whoa like i was surprised when she kept trying to go i was like get the fuck off of me like like no i'm not here to do this this is i'm not your man i am not here for this and for and our remember, listeners I even remember Anderson pushing me like he didn't know why I'd stop because he didn't see her in front of me. And he was like, dude, fucking move. Like, <laughs> like, okay. And, and uh, like, uh, thank you for pushing me. You just saved my life. Like, like, uh, it, you know, it, I can picture that Anderson just being like, what? <laughs> I, what yeah. happened? <laughs> He's just like, what the fuck's going on? Move dude. Like, what the fuck? I'm trying to get a drink here. Like that, that was literally the whole concept of why we showed up to that show. He and I were there to get fucked and get fucked like in the pit. Not by her. Not by her. Yeah. <laughs> Not by her. No. 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 And for all our listeners, like boys and girls, men and women, 
if you are attending a show of any kind, whether it be a show such as Astroworld or your local fucking church metalcore band, I don't care. Anywhere in the fucking tween, if you are a woman and you get sexually assaulted, I will, if I see it, I will beat the fuck out of that guy. I saw some guy throw his hand up a girl's shirt, crowd surfing at water parks the other day. And if there wouldn't have been 80 people between us, I would have beat his fucking ass. I expect everyone to look out for each other in these situations because this girl was sneaky at the Iceman Girl Kills concert. No one fucking saw it but me. And it's fine, whatever. But I expect anyone who loves this show and loves music, if you see something like that happen, fucking shut that shit down. Yeah. If a girl's getting felt up without giving consent, if a dude's getting felt up without giving consent, if a couple's fucking behind you, whatever, it's not your problem. But if they bring you into it without consent, look, <laughs> if someone's fucking behind me, I'm high fiving both of them. Yeah, I'm a high five them uh, unless it was the two meth heads. That was it. Was it was, was amusing when Joe first saw it? He tapped me on the shoulder and said, "I legit, <laughs> I legit was. I remember I was just like, bro, look at this. Look at look at this. Look look." look and he was like what do you fucking and i just grabbed his head and look like and he was just oh shit like like hey if you want to fuck on the floor go fuck on the floor i'm not gonna stop You'll probably i get kicked you. out but yeah yeah you're gonna be kicked out in a second because they're gonna see you and be like why you can't like, do that why? here get the fuck out like go fuck in your car <laughs> what like go fuck in the alleyway behind the fucking place i don't give a fuck but like don't force yourself on somebody the, like both the situations Aaron and I neither one of us asked neither one of us engaged neither one of us even remotely had like the tendency it's not like we had a fucking rock hard stiffy and like hey look at my dick no it was literally and even if we did even even if we did it's not your problem or your reason to touch our dick like it's like oh girls in wearing pasties to a concert just because you can see the whole 99% of the titty. You don't grab 99% of the titty. Legit. Okay. So legit. Uh, I'll tell you this real quick. Blue Ridge Rock Fest that Sunday. I was there helping two sides of me, right? <clears throat> we had the pasty committee. We had women and men wearing two sides of me stickers on their nipples and all, like basically wherever they went on their bodies walking around the festival promoting the band so that way people will go watch them that night. Mm-hmm. This girl, absolute sweetheart. I'm sitting behind the, d- the table and she goes, Hey, do you have a Sharpie? I was like, yeah, mind you, all she has on are shorts and stickers over her nipples. I mean, titties on full display, whatever. She's an absolute sweetheart. She comes to me. She goes, Hey, do you have a Sharpie? I said, yeah. She goes, would you mind drawing on me for a second? I was like, sure what do you need she was like i just want you to write two sides of me right here like in my midsection i was like okay wrote two sides of me i was like does it look good here here's a picture does that look good cool okay have fun like that that is acceptable that is acceptable she and i in that moment she was like hey i need your help cool got you done because it's not about it's not about being horny at a fucking concert at least for me it's not correct same like I'm, I I know I know plenty of guys who would have seen that and been like, wow, oh my God, she wants to fuck me. No, like, no, it's not like that. It, Just watch out for each other. Seriously, like, and also if you're listening, lady, 
You're awesome. Hope you had a great time. You're welcome. Like, if you're listening, lady at Ice Nine Kills concert, go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. And if and, you and are, that's the other thing. Show both our experiences. Both these girls had men with them that they were fucking or feeling up. Like, yeah, that's trashy. That's trashy. I ain't gonna lie. Why are you gonna come to me? I he was way better look. Well, not the guy with the teeth missing, but the other guy was nah, way better looking nah, than nah, me. Dog. Like. I, I 100% say I was way better looking than he was, but uh, not again, not asking for it. That is the point of this. Not I don't care if I take my dick out of my pants, show it to Joe, be like, hey, is this hard enough? That's giving Joe permission to look at it and judge it for me. That's not giving you permission to fuck. <laughs> I'd be touch like, it. that's nice dick, man. Get on you. Cool. All right, show's on. You can you put that away. Uh, I don't mean to. I don't mean to go on and on and on about it, but Jesus Christ, that pissed me off. Well, let's end this on a good note. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> so the one thing I want to talk about uh, is it, it's something is more, it, this won't take too long, um, but uh, this past weekend, Two Sides of Me, good friends of ours, as you all listeners out there know, um, Two Sides of Me uh, went on tour and I was uh, able to be there for the entirety of their kickoff show. Uh, a lot of people there knew that I was moving. Now, I'm not saying I'm some important figurehead in our scene, but I've been around you long are. enough. I've been around long enough in this scene that I feel like I've got a pretty solid. I'm on the council, I'd say. I'm on the council. Um, and there's one thing I want to say, and that is I have missed thoroughly missed local shows i've took it I've, I've taken a lot of time off from going to local shows mainly because from all of them like when, when when you play in a, a professional setting for so long you kind of burn yourself out especially the way things went for me uh with who i was playing with you know it, it, you you start to burn yourself out to a degree of like okay you know i'm just once this is done i need to take a break and I took a pretty long extended break from the local scene. I did. And that also COVID was to blame for a good portion of that. But, you know, I, I, I had stepped away from it and going back to that, to that night, uh, just a few nights ago and being able to walk in there and see all of my old friends and just embrace everyone just i mean just brotherly and sisterly love all around people seeing me and giving me hugs i see them give them hugs i mean it was it was just i i mean the love that i was able to feel that night was tremendous and it, it just it gave me it, it gave me a really good feeling before i moved um, because you know, recognizably so I'm going somewhere that I've never lived before. I'm literally moving to a completely different state for the first time in 30 years. And it's just, it, it's, you know, when you experience that it's bittersweet because you're leaving behind friends to go experience a brand new place of the world, but it's not all bad. As a matter of fact, it's not bad at all. It was, it was one of those nights where I, like when I left that night and I sat in my truck for a second, I was just like, damn, this could very well be the last time I see a lot of these people. And 
a lot of the people in there recognized that too. They were like, damn, this is the last time that Joe may be at a show. I may, ever, I may never see him again. And when you recognize one, and I'm saying this, I'm saying this humbly. Uh, I, I want to say, I want to preface by saying that I wanna, I'm saying this very humbly. When you have such an impact on a community and you have such a fortitude with the relationships that you have gained in that community, don't let that go. Do not let that go. Cherish that to the highest degree. I love everybody in the music scene. I do. I, I, I mean, it, I remember at one point I started getting really misty eyed. It was during two sides of me set. They, of course they headline. Um, and I, I, uh, you know, I'd listened to the first band smoke. They were phenomenal. Um, Dalton and, uh, Braxton and the band are old friends of mine. Um, Dalton actually, as a matter of fact, Dalton, who's their vocalist, uh, uh, he actually got my very first band that played in the local scene. He got us our very first show. So like, at the drowsy poet and you know it, it got to see them uh the band mongrels went on and my god i love those boys so damn much the mongrels went on and i was pitting to them and just i mean i was throwing the, the fuck down i threw down so hard that the blood rushed to my hands and my hands were red from how much blood had rushed to them like they looked like they were bruised and i was just throwing the fuck down man it was like it was one of those times where in my head, I just kept saying last chance to dance, dude, last chance to dance. You better do it now. And brain cell went on after that. Uh, Run home Jack, uh, who went on tour with two sides played after that. And then two sides headline. And the entire time, man, I'm just there. And, and, and I remember during two sides set at one point, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm in the back of the pit. I'm standing against the back of the crowd. No one behind me, no one in front of me. And I'm just listening to music and I'm looking around. I'm seeing all the people. I'm seeing everybody pit and I'm seeing everyone having a good time. And I got misty eyed for a second. I really did. I, I felt the tears welling up in my eyes because I was just like, this, this is exactly, this is exactly w- what I wanted to go out on. Like this, this is what I wanted my last local show to be. Like, I really don't know if I'll ever have a chance to experience a local show in Lynchburg, Virginia ever again. And if there was ever a last show to go out on, it's this one because all, you know, all the people here I've watched, you know, either they were already in the scene when I got in or I've seen these people get in the scene and grow up in it. Hell there's some of the, I mean, some of these people, I remember giving them some of their first shows or giving them some shows when I was running shows around here. I mean, like, it, it's almost like I was a dad to these, to all these people. And, you know, like, you know, I think back, I, it, I remember, I remember one of the friends I saw, uh, was Aaron Krotz, one of the best damn bass players I've ever met. And, uh, for those of you who know, I'm a bass player as well, have been for a long, long time. Um, and I think back to a few years ago and I remember seeing this kid, uh, it, it was, bef- it was back when the band I was playing with, we hadn't played a local show and I think it was over a year and this kid sees me in this store and I'm, and I'm, I mean, I was dressed remotely like I would look like at a show and he sees me and he goes, holy shit, you're Joe. And I was like, 
yeah, I am. Who are you? And he, and he tells me, he didn't tell me his name. He, what he tells me, he's like, dude, you're a legend. And I'm like, no, no, I think you got the wrong Joe, my guy. Like, I, that ain't me. I'm just an average dude. He's like, no, you're literally one of the best bass players in Lynchburg. And seeing Aaron reminded me of that because I've looked up to Aaron as a bass player for a really long fucking time. I remember going to shows before I ever even played shows and Aaron was playing with his band Skies Over Bethany. I remember back in those days when it was the original lineup of Skies Over Bethany. All of these memories flooding my head during this local show. I, I mean, it, 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 was, it was just so intense and emotional and positive that I just realized like, man, I, I fucking love this scene. I love everybody in this scene. Everybody here is just amazing. And it hurt that much more when I was like, and this may be the last time I ever get to see them. As, as a matter of fact, um, I got a message uh, the next morning uh, from Joe Little, the vocalist of Brain Cell. Long time friend, long, long time friend. I've seen that man go through hell with getting his band to where it is today because he is so passionate about his music that he never wanted to let it go. And he fought and fought and fought to get that band to where it is today. And Joe had no idea that I was leaving for Texas next week. And he messaged me. He like, he said, dude, I'll actually, I'll, I'll, I'll read you the fucking message. It's right here. His exact words, bro, I did not know you were moving to Texas soon. I would have hugged you tighter. I wish you all the best, man. Hopefully we'll catch up again in the future. Be safe out there, brother. Dude, that, I mean, like I, when I read that message, it, it hit me. It hit me. I mean, like I, I, I read that and I was just like, I was teary eyed. I was like, this is, this is the brotherhood I'm leaving behind to go find a new life somewhere. And I say all this, I know it's very, very emotional. And, and this is that I said, we were going to end this on a good note. We are, but the, the thing I want to say out of this is I'm going on a new adventure. This, this show get low is going to continue. Once I get moved and settled in, I'll be back. And Aaron and I are going to be doing our shit every week. And we're going to be talking to fun people. We've got some great guests uh, keyed up for the future. I mean, we've, 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 we're going to continue this fucking boat. This boat's going to keep pushing forward. But where I'm at, I'm leaving behind to go start a new adventure somewhere else. And, I, and the message I want to leave behind to anybody from the local scene who listens to this is, number one, don't give up. From someone who was a punk-ass kid playing bass in a garage that had no heat in a band that was clearly doomed to fail, who had no reason getting into the group that he got into, who had no reason falling into the scene he fell into, who had no capability of going out on the road on his own but was blessed with the opportunity to go play with a, a band who 
really pushed for that professional level. Don't give up. Number two, and I say this so, so strongly, do not leave the scene behind. Remember your roots. Remember the people who were there for you when you were playing to five people in a room. Remember the people who were pushing for you to keep doing those shows, who to keep, they wanted to hear your music. They wanted you to put that EP out. They wanted you to get shirts out so they could rep your brand. They wanted you to keep pushing. Remember those people because those are the people who love you the most. And number three, and the final point I'm going to make on this, and this is where we're going to end this on a good note. Everybody in the Lynchburg scene, old and new, whether you were around when I first got in the scene back in 2009, or you're around today, whether you're on tour, whether you're booking your new shows, whether you're playing new music, whether you're writing new music, whether you're, you're still playing the same old tunes you were playing five years ago. I mean this with the utmost care and respect. I love each and every one of you so fucking much. You all who were there that night, who embraced me as not just a friend, but family, who, who spoke in my ear, be safe out there, brother. We're going to miss you. I want you to know I love you so fucking much and I wish you all the absolute best in every venture you take in your music career. I, if you haven't gotten a chance to get into your local scene, do it because you will find some of the best, most kind, most loving individuals you will ever have in your life. I'm going to fucking miss you. I miss you too, brother. But I'm not, know, trying, ass- I'm not trying to cry right now, but I'm damn close to it. Oh, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm chilling, trying not to. But, you know, um, my ass going to be in Texas just watching shows with you. So you bet I get you fucking I got to make up for that. Uh, uh, miscommunication on my part. I, I, I'm somebody, proud of you for not calling me out, but here I'm gonna call myself out. I didn't attend this show that he's referring to because I, I forgot try, about it. I tried to get him out there, and by the time he messaged me, I was like already done for the night, and I I regret not going. But at the same time, I know that was not going to be Joe and I's last show. Correct. Correct. So, and and, and honestly, you know, I, I I'm actually I'm 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 gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to miss the fuck out of this place, man. I'm excited for the new journey that I'm about to be on. I'm excited for everything that's about to happen. I'm stressed. I am. I'm stressed. I'm stressed with the move. I'm stressed with making sure, you know, everything's going to go smoothly financially. I'm stressed, you know, because all these changes happening at one time. But there's one thing that I can definitely say is, I'm I'm gonna miss the fuck out of this place, man. I'm gonna miss everybody in the music scene. I'm gonna miss 
every single person, every smiling face I always saw walking through those doors. I'm, I'm going to miss hearing the music. I'm going to miss throwing down with all my friends. I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss it all. Those are, those are memories that one day I hope my son gets to experience. I hope he gets to understand the the family his father gained in in a place that I, I mean he like I never anticipated that growing up the family I was going to gain from that and I said hey, I wasn't find another one I said, find another one in Texas I said I wasn't going to cry fuck. <laughs> Uh, Boy, I know you. I know you never fucking stop talking. There's going to be so many people that you talk to in Texas. They're going to be like, damn. And you're going to be introducing to me, introducing me to some of the best bassists and some of the best guitar players and some of the best fucking sound guys out in Texas. So, yeah, I'm just. And if you don't start a fucking Southern Texas metalcore band while I'm fucking here in Virginia. I even gotta I, say I'm what because I know you're going to. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to. I I I owe it to everybody here to do that. I'm just all the fans in the house. They're all on <laughs> for you, brother. Ah, uh, damn. I I. It's really all I can say is I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss. I'm You'll gonna be back. miss everybody. I mean, I, I know, I, I know I'll be back to visit. I know. Hey, my wedding fucking next year. If we don't find a fucking house show to go to or some shit that week you're here for my wedding, we got, we got to do that. Oh, by the to. way, announcement. I got engaged. He did. He did get engaged. <laughs> he got engaged a while ago. I'm surprised he hasn't said it yet. I was waiting uh, for you to come back. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Sir. Well, I think it's time for us to wrap this up before I actually start crying my eyes out in a moment. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the song that you're about to hear is closing time. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh God. And now Wonderwall. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, everybody out there, like I said, you know, find, find that local scene, find those brothers and sisters and, and just enjoy the ride, man. It's, it's one that you will carry with you. I never expected to be where I'm at today. I never anticipated feeling this way, but it's one you'll carry with you everywhere you'll go. So, and I imagine a lot of your friends and our friends and our, your family and our family are going to be listening to this episode specifically if they've never listened to get low before, because if I know you, you're going to post this to your pro- your personal Facebook and be like, this is an open letter to all of you <laughs> or some dramatic shit like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just knowing everybody out there, uh, you know, in the music scene, no, this is for you. Um, Joe, we haven't had you. We have not had you close out this podcast in typical Joe fashion. Well, I'm going to need you to bring the energy up for this one. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! You're gonna, of course, ask me that when I'm over here. Bring Emotional it back! Come on! Fuck. Flip it over. <sighs> okay, everybody. Ladies and gentle dudes and all, come on, do it. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, as always, 
Uh, you know where to find us. You can always add us on Twitter. Where, Aaron? At get underscore low underscore pod. That's exactly right. And you can also, I'm going to say this. I'm going to call Aaron out. He has said it wrong two episodes in a row. You can also find us on anchor.fm forward slash get low podcast. Get low podcast. You ask too much of me. You're gone. (laughs) Anchor.fm forward slash get low podcast. Send us your messages there. We'll definitely read them. Let us know what you think about everything we talked about today uh, and every bit of the roller coaster ride we've taken you on in this episode. Um, Thank you for having me back. Uh, I'm going to miss you all while I'm moving, but I promise I'll be back sooner sooner than later for sure uh, to get things back in the swing of things. Um, so, uh, all of you out there, uh, I, I'm, I know I'm not going to be around, uh, to say this. I hope you all have a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you all have a happy holiday if I'm not back in time, but, and also ring in the new year with a cracked beer for your boys. Uh, but, uh, we are going to get out of here as always. I'm Joe. I'm a Ron. And as always get low.